0: Anchor is super easy to use, and all you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. Start your own podcast today. You're listening to your Highness podcast with Diana and
1: Morgan. I'm Diana. Hello, I'm Morgan, the Cannabis Women's Alliance. This is episode three, and I think they've all been underwater out there for you, haven't they? Just the threat of being underwater. Lots of winds
0: and lots of. I'm going
1: to interview up here to Seattle. Yes, very soon. (laughs)
0: What
1: have you been working on, girl?
0: I've been interviewing some amazing women in this cannabis industry, some women, some women business owners for this awesome opportunity we have to just support each other. And the energy has been amazing. And I just, the one takeaway I've I've had, you know, just since we started this, that uh, this industry is so supportive, you know, um, especially the women. So far, every, when I've come in contact with has been just overwhelmingly um, amazing in every aspect.
1: So it's pretty amazing when women get together and I just think it's from what you're doing, interviewing, uh, you know, women in Canada. We're doing So we can hear what they're doing and we can learn something from one another.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Any chance we can have to just build each other up. And in that being one of our awesome guests, Leah D. Ambrosio, co-founder of Baked Smart. Um, she has offered our listeners a chance to win two home kits of her Can of Cows home kits. Basically what they are are edible safety symbols so that you can put them on your own edibles that you make at home or if you're a baker or um, really there's a lot of different uses for them. So she has offered us Um, two listeners will each get one target kit and one transfer kit. To enter, share this episode on Twitter with the hashtag Your Highness Podcast, and we will pick two at random. She was also super gracious in her offering to give our listeners 40% off with the code BSMART the number 40 and then O-F-F. So definitely check that out. And we will have details on um, the products on our blog recap, which you will find on the Cannabis Women's Alliance page. So... <laughs> <laughs> I think that was just so cool of her to give us that. But um, Can you eat the thing? Like yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're there? edible. Mm-hmm. They transfer. She worked with a, a bakery... Um, to make it so that, you know, you can put it on any type of edible, and it's perfectly safe
1: to eat. Well, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, awesome.
0: yes, yes, definitely. She gave me so much information. She was just so helpful, um, and she helped me. Uh, she was so helpful with her information about how she got started in this industry, which is what we are really trying to do with the next few episodes that we have. Uh, we're focusing on women getting started in the cannabis industry in any aspect uh, because there are so many opportunities to transfer your life experience to this this uh, industry in particular. Wouldn't you say,
1: Morgan? Absolutely. Together for the Cannabis Women's Alliance, we have some events coming up. One a month now until the end of the month here in Seattle. We're going to be talking about you know how women got started, what they do, how they do it, and then focus on some Ideas that are, are now in the industry, such as terpenes. Everybody wants to know what these things are. Yeah. With the new hot thing, we want to know what what how these different flavors affect how we feel. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily the THC levels that we're looking at anymore, mm-hmm. or necessarily with an indica or a sativa, but the terpene profile of the cannabis. And so we like to learn about all this stuff, and we're going to be listening to some of the women who are their early pioneers in the terpene side of things.
2: Awesome. So, and it's yeah. really, that's well,
0: the most important thing, too, is just gather as much knowledge as you can, even if you're not sure how you want to enter this industry, you know, even if you just want to support it, because that is the most powerful tool against this stigma. Fighting the stigma is education and make sure that people know what's really going on. That's
1: right. That's so why we have the news. Oh, okay. <laughs> That is correct. Isn't that a nice segue?
0: Did you like that? Yeah. That's why we have the news. That's why why we have the news, so we can know things. There you go. All right. So, starting with the news,
1: you want to start, Morgan? Yeah. So, I was reading in the Cannabis Aid Republished Report talking about Portland, Maine, saying that the site will not be able to meet its deadline for the start of of recreational sales of cannabis keeping the black market going, you know, it's just one of those other things. Even though the voters approved it, it doesn't sound like it came by a big majority. And some of the old timers are a little bit slow in enacting uh, like, you know, getting it up and ready to go. And plus, they have a Republican governor who was not really for legalization. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: he's not. He's not for a lot of things. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So next we have fearmongering anti- weed group Sam has its sights set on Seattle's Hemp Fest, which has already happened. Uh, this is sort of an older news item from Mary Jane, but it's relevant because he is still continue or this group is still continuing to try and dismantle uh, all of these. All of these things.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> you mean these things like uh, Seattle? He's using, yes, all of these undo- institutions
0: that have been around for a very long time. With So, Kevin said I wonder if that's how he says his name. And Smart Approaches <laughs> to Marijuana <laughs> says that they are Trying to sway public opinion against state-approved regulated weed. And that this group has spent most of the year taking credit for um, fighting legalization in Rhode Island. And I guess they had a group started a group saying, Are we sure? to pressure Maine and Massachusetts to rethink their voter approved mo uh, voter approved moot and prohibition. And this is definitely Something that we all should pay attention to, because with something like this, where you're just like casting slight doubt, it's still that enough, you know, kernel there that would make people think, oh, maybe there's some truth to this.
1: So, all right, moving on. Yeah, not a fan. (laughs) I don't like that guy. I I don't like that guy. He's wrong. He's way off about a lot of this. Yeah, he was saying Washington State was going to be taken over by corporate greed and all this kind of stuff, and. Yeah, there's a little bit of that trying to happen, but for the most part, we've got it under control here. We just need to get the rest of the country going in the right direction. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And just make sure that you read everything and question everything if it sounds questionable. Right? All right. Right.
1: Well, next up in uh, Mary Jane online, we found out, that, hey, here's a shocker. The National Cannab- Cancer Institute lists cannabis as a potential cancer treatment. What? <laughs> 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 or, well, apparently, cannabinoid they say cabanoids, plural, but I think it's just cabanoids, may be able to kill cancer cells while protecting normal cells. This is something that we've been talking about for a long time, but nobody can really just come right out and say Awesome with cancer, and the more, more people read about it, the more they'll understand. Yes. Um,
0: and next up, we have some really awesome news that Massachusetts names legalization advocate Shailene Title to commission. Woo, that's awesome! And I have had the pleasure of seeing Shalene on a panel um, speaking about you know diversity in cannabis, and she is amazing. Um, so I'm so excited to see that she's, uh, named to this position. She's going to do some really amazing work. I mean, she already has,
1: but you know, this is going to be even more so. Um, so I, I love the fact that she's been advocating for women and I mean, she's been really, uh, you know, in it thick but for her. I think this is a perfect position. I think we had a certainly about, um, San Diego shutting down their illegal delivery services. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, they have some big runs on closing down illegal dispensaries, people selling cannabis out of storefronts um, that were not licensed, and so they were shutting them down. It sounded like they did a halfway decent job, and now they're actually going after the delivery services, because there's hundreds of them. It sounds like there's a whole bunch, and they just need to get them all in line.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, are you ready to move on to blunt talk?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's get riled up. What are we gonna do? What are we talking about today?
0: Um, I think we're talking about some really inappropriate seizure tactics.
2: Uh, uh, I mean, inappropriate
0: is probably a little bit, as in understatement, light,
1: yeah, interesting. A lawyer released a dash cam video that appears to show a sheriff's deputy removing the pants of a handcuffed woman pinned to the ground to perform a body cavity search. A 21-year-old woman, African-American, stopped because she thought they smelled So because of that, they decided that they needed to strip her and do a cavity search. How awful. These guys... I don't even want to get started. What do you what do you think about that? <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: um I'm gonna go ahead and say I think probing vaginas is way over the line. I mean, and the thing is it's it's it wasn't even what what is it, like three ounces are considered um, felony in Texas or something like that. It's something ridiculous, like four ounces, so that like it was no there was no chance of it even being felony charge it was a misdemeanor at the most if they were even going to find, you know, something to charge
1: her with. Yeah. It was a misdemeanor and by the way for free. I guess for the female it was a female officer that did the actual search. Well I think um, they're required the to do that.
0: Like like that's probably the minimum, you know, protection that they have. Like, oh yes, another woman can violate your body um they're, that's they're, cool so i, I would
1: just be apparently this is a big deal this doesn't just happen to women it happens to men yeah. it doesn't just happen in Texas it happens in Tennessee mm-hmm. it happens to all kinds of people when, when police overstep their authority oh yeah i, I remember, don't know
2: what we're gonna do no even i the first time
0: i was ever pulled over they accused me of smoke they, they accused me of smelling it and i was smoking a cigarette And uh, they they were very, like, rough with me, and they tore apart my car. And I had no idea that I was, you know, supposed to stop and say, oh, you know, you're not allowed to do that because Mm -hmm. I was, you know, 19 or whatever. And it's it's terrifying, and especially more so when you're targeted all the time, which, of course, people of color are. And so to add these um, additional... You know, I don't know what the word is for it, but like allowing this to go on to this level, like, and, and we don't even have the testing methods that are accurate to see if anybody, like the field tests, when right, they
1: right, <laughs> oh, yeah, so they can search you if they smell it, you know, and who who's gonna say that is, or they say that you're impaired, how are they gonna know? It's a mess, and you know, with bad cops out there and you know, using cannabis as a reason to stop people, just, just more work that we have to do. But I, my heart just goes out for this young woman who was so severely violated. Yeah. You know, for all, all the people who have been harmed.
0: Oh, apparently that. it is four ounces. It is four ounces. Mm-hmm.
2: That's a lot
0: of freaking, uh, products. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. How <laughs> do you think it's four ounces up there?
0: Um, yeah, I don't even know how you could really hide that, like, anywhere that, like, you wouldn't have to really remove, like, boxes and stuff, like, to get... I mean, maybe, I don't know, but I don't have experience in that side of it, but uh, let's just put make that clear. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I mean, the fact that it's just, like, basically with any, any type of suspicion, and uh, this is hopefully... Hopefully this will get better, but you never know. Right now. I mean, with the the bizarre laws that they have, it's just so discouraging. Um,
1: yeah, we need more people to get out and vote, become activists,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, and call your let them know how you feel about kind and stuff. Yeah. Definitely. So yeah, enough of that. I thank you for all the good policemen out there, and fuck off to all the bad ones.
0: <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, I think that's enough. Let's
1: right no, get that's on
0: the to the. <laughs> 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 All
1: right.
0: <laughs> Leah D'Ambrosio is the COO and co founder of both Baked Smart, the creator and. Dist- Distributor of CannaCals, the original safety symbol for cannabis infused edibles, and SCONE, a Portland edible company. She currently supplies infused edible companies in Colorado with edible decals for their food products and has just created and released edible deal decal home kits that cannabis chefs can use to mark their homemade creations. Her home kits are multi purpose as they also can be used to mark edibles purchased at dispensaries. Okay. So, Leah, how do you think women business owners can change the stigma surrounding cannabis?
3: I think they already are. If you look out, you can see more pot and parenting magazines. Um, You see the aesthetic changing drastically. It's no longer you go into these dark dispensaries with these, you know, bros working. There's lots of light. It's like going into a really nice high-end dispensary. Apartment store and they've got glass cases and everything's well lit and you have you know nice women behind the counters who are tenders who are helpful. I think that that right there is changing it. Also you have women coming into the market that are bringing um, products made for women like Maya and Whoopi doing their PMS, you know, line. I think that's so great. So, I think just by what we bring to it, our aesthetic and the products that we're going to be using with cannabis, I think that alone is starting to change it. But I also feel like just there's more and more women realizing that, hey, this isn't the stoner thing. There's a whole new world and face to cannabis. And, you know, we just have to make it brighter, I guess.
0: So, what gave you the inspiration to create the Canacals Home Kits? And tell us a little bit
3: about them also. So so I moved to Oregon, um, gosh, right after legalization, or right before legalization. So, um, And I wanted to do edibles. And I was going to do, my company's called Sconed, and I was going to do scones, but baked goods weren't doing that well. So I changed to toffee. But my biggest concern was, my toffee tastes great. It looks normal. How am I going to keep people from not accidentally consuming it? So I hooked up with this um, bakery decoration company up in Tacoma, Washington, and they do all kinds of different bakery decorations, and they're actually the company that invented the technology to put your picture on a cake, and they were really excited about what I wanted, and I wanted green crosses, and they're like, this is really easy. So we they already were doing an edible um, image paper, is what they call it, and so we just kind of made the green cross, and also we started... We, that was right around the same time that Colorado passed the law that all edibles had to have the diamond with the initials THC in it. So we started to create can cows to provide a way for companies in Colorado to easily mark their edibles, but for also for me to mark mine. And then we've tried to promote those can cows to other edible companies, but you would think that most edible companies would want their edibles marked because it's just logical, but law regulations the cost of everything that they're undergoing this is just one added step and so right now for the current time being um edible companies just aren't on the same bandwagon as us
2: mm-hmm.
0: well hopefully that changes soon
3: well i hope so that's why we came out with the home kits because yeah, i really love that idea
0: i think that's an amazing genius idea
3: well thank you i mean we do too because we we started to feel okay well the edible companies aren't going to get behind us, so what about the consumers? Why don't we just offer a way for consumers to take it into their hands and easily mark their edibles that they purchase from the dispensary or even edibles that they make at home? And now they have a great way to do it, and I mean it's just we just got the home kits like a month ago, so we're just starting to promote them, but I'm hoping that they catch on.
0: I hope they will too. So what surprised you the most about the cannabis industry when you first started?
3: Oh. One that I was even in it <laughs> because you know I have a son he's thirty and um, I you know ate all the propaganda that the horrible drug but then when I was in the Silicon Valley I was making stones and people you know were having problems and I had my medical marijuana license and so I'm like well let me make you stuff and I I realized that it's wow I could really help a lot of people so moved to Oregon since they were going legal and started this and what I've found is that I was so shocked but people are just like oh great you're here you know hey join us and it's just this amazing sense of community I mean it is if you're going to be in an industry this is probably the best industry for a sense of community because people just really embrace you I, I mean men women everyone it's it's really wonderful I I couldn't have made a better choice for myself
0: that's awesome
3: on that on note, that do you have any advice for women
0: entrepreneurs who want to work in cannabis but have no idea where to start? Oh
3: yeah, <laughs> I have lots, lots of advice because I, I mean it's, it's hard. I didn't think it was going to be this hard. Um, but of course, you know, for an entrepreneur in general, you do your research. You got to do a lot of research. And the thing about the cannabis industry is it's changing constantly. What state you're in, depending on where you are, so it's constantly changing. So do your research be ready to work really hard and be ready to pivot at any time. Like I was saying about the can of cows, you know, the can of cows for commercial uses wasn't going well. I mean, it's going fine, but not enough for us to really have a thriving business. So you have to pivot and that's when we pivoted into the home kit. So if you're going to get into the cannabis industry, be ready to, to pivot. Yeah. To adjust. Yeah. And, and, you know, be open, um, be open to suggestions, be open to what maybe you start, like I started off, I wanted to do scones. And then it was like, well, baked goods really don't have a long shelf life and they don't do that well, especially if you don't have an already established name. So do something else. Or if, if you just want to get into the business, um, this is an incredible industry. I think that no matter what you do in life, you can find a place in cannabis, no matter what you're doing. Even if you're a homemaker, there's a place for you in cannabis. And I, I think that that's another thing. What do you love to do? Figure that out and then go, okay, how can that translate to the cannabis industry? So for me, I was an executive assistant for years and years. If I wouldn't have started this, I think I would have come up here and said, okay, well, who can I support? Who can I reach out to and help? And, and then get into the industry that way. You know, just there's just so many ways. But again, this is, I cannot say enough about this industry and how wonderful it is and how great it is to be a part of it at this time when it's just starting out.
0: What is your favorite aspect of working in cannabis?
3: I think again, the community um the the ability to help people, the ability to change the way people previously thought about it, and I think that that is huge because it changed it for me, but even like um, I have a friend she had she's a breast cancer survivor, and she's never done a drug in her life except for the pain pills that they give you you know for her surgery and she um, had radiation, and one of her breast implants um, popped, so she had to go get surgery, and she called me in tears, i can't do percocet or anything anymore, and I said, well why don't i get you some cbd and she's in california um and so i send her down some cbd that's perfectly legal and she called me again in tears but this time tears of joy she's like i have no pain i don't feel drugged up i am able to eat i am able to like be normal and and it was really huge and i think that that's another really exciting thing that you can introduce people to cannabis that have never had any dealings with it or who have this you know have eaten the propaganda and think it's so bad and then change their way of thinking and make them realize that this plant is a, a plant that no other plant is like. I mean, you get so much from this plant and we grow. And that's another thing I suggest women do is grow your own little plant so that you can understand how incredible cannabis is. I mean, just being a grower that opened my eyes to so much and how amazing this plant is I mean like I juice the leaves before harvest you know and we use the keef and for to make oil and it's just this all-inclusive plant wow it's so
0: exciting to have people like you in this industry I mean that's why I'm so excited to be a part of it so um,
3: can you yeah tell a little bit about your green cross initiative Yeah, I'd love to share that because that's another thing um, that I think that the industry is lacking. So, of course, you know, when we started to mark our toffee, we we thought, okay, what's a symbol that everyone would easily recognized. And it's already being used in the industry. And that was the green cross. And I did research and, you know, children as young as three can associate meaning to symbols. So I'm like, this is great. You know, a green cross, it's it's so obvious. But then at the same time, Colorado was coming out with this diamond with the THC. And I'm just like, this is not right. So through that, we're starting a nonprofit for our green cross initiative start educating people that if we are going to choose a truly universal symbol for edibles, if not the green cross, then something else, but something similar where it is really easy for children to say, okay, I see a green cross. I know that means medicine. And I'm not going to say that that's going to stop kids from eating it. But what it will do is if a child eats a piece of candy with a green cross and that child's been told that if you eat this, you're going to get sick, it's medication, and then they do get sick, they'll go to their parents and say, I did something, you know, I'm sick because I, I ate that thing. And then at least you know, you know right away, if you go to the doctor, you know what to tell them instead of this whole guesswork where they're running all these tests on your children to figure out what the heck happened. I mean we could and, and no and child saying things with whatever
0: just became legal because you know it's just easier to do that. Instead of saying, Oh, okay, it's this or that, they'll conflate it with much more
3: dangerous drugs. Well, exactly. And it's like if when we normalize it, like we're going to then, you know, kids, it's going to be like, okay, that's, that's medicine. And what does medicine mean? It means like maybe mommy takes it for anxiety, maybe mommy takes it to relax after work. Maybe mommy and daddy, you know, take it because they're tired, you know, they can't sleep, they're up late, you know, who knows, or they're in pain, they they just got hurt. But it's medicine, and it's a helpful medicine. And you really remove that stigma. And I really hope that five years from now, that we have an educational campaign and everybody knows what that green cross is because intuitively adults know. I mean, I've had my candy out and they'll go, oh, that's infused, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's got the green cross. It makes them stop Mm -hmm. and go, okay, wait, why does this have green crosses on it? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it starts that conversation. So we really hope that as we grow, that people will really get behind the green cross and support us and and realize why it's so important because five years from now, I don't want to even be talking about accidental mm-hmm. consumption or people being tricked into eating an edible because that's happened. Yeah. And so yeah. how can and so business how can owners, owners, owners in the
0: cannabis, in the industry, cannabis industry help you, help
1: you. Help promote, you. promote Green
3: Cross or how can they, they support you, you. By, by putting their, by putting a green cross on either, even putting a green cross on their bag, if they don't want to go to the extra step of putting the green crosses on their food and, and honestly, it costs sense to do and it's easy. And, and yes, it is one more step in the production process, but it's like anything else, you know, when you individually wrap something, it's, it's still an extra process. And we have, so it's, we have to be
0: responsible, in, right? especially right now.
3: Well, and that's and that's another thing. I'm glad you said that because that's exactly what we have to do. We have to show people that we are responsible and we're thinking ahead. And we want this to be a safe environment for everybody, for children and other adults. I don't want my mom coming over and grabbing a brownie right. and having a bad experience. And then, oh my gosh, I'll never eat another edible because I had this horrible experience, right. which you hear a lot. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I heard it from my own mother-in-law. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I was like, it's not, they're not all like that, I swear. But, right?
3: Yeah. Right. But they don't know. It does ruin people's experience. They really it do. really does. It really does. And we want we want to stop that. And even with the green cross, what I love about the green cross that um we're trying to get commercial um fan manufacturers to realize is that you can put your branding in a green cross. You could put milligrams in a green cross. You can put your logo in a green cross. There's so much you can do with the green cross. A diamond with the letters THC is not helpful. And it doesn't mean anything to anybody. Right, right. I mean, even people who don't know what THC is, I mean, what does that mean to them? It, they could think, oh, that's the name of the candy bar. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much for, taking, for taking your time me. today with us. with us. I really, I really appreciate it. it.
3: Well, I want to thank you guys. This is like, like, amazing. I I mean, you know, women helping women is huge. And in this industry, that's really strong. And I'm, I'm so proud of that. But we- when I heard about your podcast, I thought, Oh, yes, this is so needed to to just help women get into this industry to help remove these stigmas. I listened to your first two podcasts, and they were great. They were so informative. And I really love what you guys are doing. So thank you both. This is great. (laughs) Oh, thank you. See, it's a love fest. That's what I love about women. (laughs)
0: Love all around. All right. Thank (laughs) you so much. Well, thank you. You guys have a great day. You too. Bye. Murr was born and raised in Colorado. She's an avid athlete, and even from a young age, her pioneering spirit found a home in a traditionally male-dominated sport, hockey. This passion drove her through high school, and despite a major injury, brought her to Minneapolis to play on a college team. A cornucopia of painkillers and muscle relaxers didn't solve her underlying problem, and after a year, she hung up her skates for what she thought would be forever. When a friend suggested she try cannabis, she was able to get off painkillers and muscle relaxers, thus returning to recreational hockey. Many years later, she returned to Colorado and met her fiance Danny Slope. Mur has always been fascinated by the natural world and has found her true purpose as a grower at Alpenstash. So how did you get into cannabis cultivation?
4: Um, well, I've always been drawn towards things growing and organic. So I've always loved playing in the garden with my mom. Um, or, you know, I've always made sure I have flowers in the house and I've always, I drink a lot of tea and mm-hmm. I study herbs. So I think it was just a natural progression that I ended up with in cannabis as well.
0: Awesome. Can you explain how Stash works as a grow facility? Yeah, absolutely. So we are in Colorado and we are
4: a small boutique um, recreation wholesale cannabis facility. So what that means is we grow on site. And then when we, um, when we sell to different dispensaries, we actually transport it from the facility to, to the dispensary. So there's no, we don't have a shop front or anything like that. And we are, there are four of us. Um, the owner is my fiance Daniel Sloat, mm-hmm. and then we have Sylvia, who is a longtime family friend, and then we actually just welcomed about a year ago Lindsay into our uh, our little family, and it's just it's a great fit. We're all friends, you know, we hang out outside of work all the time. Um, we're just you know we're family each other, and we love what we do, and we love our plants, and I think that really shows in our product
0: yeah definitely I mean I don't I haven't seen your product but from what I've seen I can tell that you guys are very close-knit and it seems to really come across like a small family-owned business um yeah it's it's great yeah so what advice do you have for women and femmes who want to enter the cultivation side of the industry
4: Uh, We need more women. We need more women in the cultivation side. Um, You know, we've got lots of women in dispensaries and marketing and um, bakeries and whatnot. But, you know, I want I would love to see more women to, you know, come out and help us grow. And I believe, you know, as a gender, men can be caring and compassionate as well. But Speaking more generically, I mean, women are known for that. Mm-hmm. And that's what the plans need. You know, they feed off of energy and love and, you know, a caring a caring soul. And I think as women, we're nat- naturally onto that. Um, and we also need more women to represent us as, you know, strong, independent women. And, you know, I'm sure you see a lot of the ads or the promotions. Mm-hmm. And there's women who are, you mm-hmm. know, half naked right. promoting cannabis as a medicine, which yeah. to me is... Real bizarre. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you know, I'd love to. I'd love to see more strong women get involved and, do you, think, you know, get you, get out there? Yeah. Do
0: you think that some of that, the lack of representation, is the reason why they're not so quick to go into the cultivation side? I mean,
4: whew, I feel like that's a loaded question because you know, <laughs> as a woman in general, that's right. any market. Right, right, <laughs> we're, right. We're objectified and sexualized, and I think. I think that might have something to do with it. And mm-hmm. I also think that, you know, women, I wouldn't say everywhere, but a lot of places we don't, you know, when you're a grower, you don't, you don't, they generally don't believe that you're a woman or a mm-hmm. cultivator. Mm-hmm. You know, they, the cultivation side is mainly men. I yeah. mean, there's a few grows that are all women, but you know, there's only a handful of us. Yeah. And what, yeah. Yeah.
0: Go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say, what do you wish more people understood because I mean it kind of leads into that next question, like what do you wish more people understood about growing cannabis as a profession and from a well, know, that, point of view
4: just like anything it's it's i mean it's farming mm-hmm. <laughs> there's yeah, you know, and there's there's lots of women farmers and again we're we are good at nourishing and caring for things, and mm-hmm. cannabis plants are extremely energetically um aware mm-hmm. and I mean they they'll tell you what they need it. When they need. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think if you listen and, you know, you, I don't think a lot of women realize that, you know, I think I'm not sure what they think. I mean, I don't want to make any
0: generalizations baseline. Yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah. But I just, you know, a lot of times men are found digging in the dirt and moving the heavy plants and whatnot. And I don't, I just want to see a lot more women get out there and kick butt and join us. Right. You know,
0: I mean, do you, Join the March. Sorry, this isn't on the list, but like, do you think more people um, or women who are just really passionate about gardening, do you think they could easily translate that experience into cultivation?
4: 100%. Yes. I mean, you know, just like any plant, you know, and your roses, your herbs, anything you have to, you know, you have to prune them and you have to take care of them and you have to pay, you know, you chop those down when they bloom as well. Mm hmm
0: Right. So in that vein, how and does so use and yeah, how does Alpinstash as a grow facility inspire growing cannabis for personal use?
4: Oh we I mean we strongly encourage it. There's Dan Danny has a YouTube channel, mm-hmm. Alpenstash does. And he does um, how to grow videos all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we're an open book here. I mean, we we take emails all the time. We take personal emails and we take emails for Elf and Stash where people are asking us questions on, you know, the nutrients we use, um, the size of smart pots we use, uh, light questions, anything. And we we always answer honestly, and we're always looking to help or even set you up with someone who can help help you you know whether it's getting deals on nutrients or better soil or a better light um, whatever yeah. you need I mean we want we think it's important that people grow their own medicine as well because the more you know about the plant the more informed you are I feel like like anything the more it can help you and your body and c- create a connection with the plant
1: mm-hmm.
4: absolutely
0: um, are there any special projects that you would like to promote? I know you guys do a lot of different things and you have a lot going on right now, but is there anything? Yeah, we can?
4: actually, um, we're in the midst of getting, um, adding on to our logos. We're working with one of my close friends. Her name is Amy Bambi Went, and mm-hmm. she is actually an artist in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and she owns her own all-female uh, tattoo shop. Awesome. And she is working with us to help us design a new label, and actually, hopefully uh, soon we'll be able to start working on a tarot card deck. Um, and what will happen is we'll pair that when we start selling our seeds. Mm-hmm. And so every strain, every personal original Alpenstash strain, will actually coincide with a, a tarot. The whole deck. And you know, I was actually really flabbergasted when I learned that there wasn't already a cannabis tarot deck. So. We wanted to jump on that, and then our you know always check us out at our Instagram Alpenstash, stash mm-hmm. um, and you know our website if you want to learn more about our growers mm-hmm. and more about our facility, we believe strongly that you should know who's growing your medicine absolutely and you should know our backward or our, our um, pardon um, our backstories and why we do what we do because we 're all passionate about it, and we were all drawn to it for medical reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, our YouTube channel, just learn the ins and outs of what we do and the products we use and, Mm -hmm. you know, right.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. I really appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for. Flower Bullock is a baker and entrepreneur who resides in Northern California. Stoner girl eats and treats debuted in Washington, DC in 2016 at the turning point of the cannabis industry. Flower has since joined forces with the critically acclaimed Colorado Cannabis Tours in their Puff Pass and Pastry Series, where she teaches the art of plant-based cannabis cuisine. She truly believes in the power of plants and is looking to positively impact the environment, one pastry at a time. Okay, so what inspired the
2: creation of Stoner Girl Eats and Treats? Um, I was in L.A. I was attending the Art Institute in Santa Monica, and a roommate and I, we were both studying bacon and pastry, and we were high as hell. And we were trying to figure what our dream bakery would be and what our dream, you know, job would be. And um, we were ping ponging off of each other, and we came to a bakery um, and a dispensary that kind of acts as one. And I left it alone. <laughs> I didn't put any energy into it. And then six years later, it kind of just got black and the universe kind of just was like, Hey, this is here. And I need you to do this. <laughs> so yeah. I actually, um, I'm got cancer, um, mm-hmm. and she got really sick. So I was trying to find a lot of different alternative ways, um, to, you know, get her better mm-hmm. besides just a plant diet. Um, and a lot of the pharmaceuticals that she was being prescribed. So with that, you know situation with my friend in college mm-hmm. um, I you know what there's a market for vegan edibles um, I know that I'm not able to go into shops and get exactly what I need um, because there are restrictions that I have mm-hmm. so I figured there are hundreds of millions of people out there like me so why would I not want to cater to that right and that's kind of where it came awesome
0: uh, where do you find the ideas for your bath bombs and your beauty products
2: so my mom actually um, came up with the idea to combine. My mom is my uh, business partner as well. <laughs> awesome. Uh, living a plant-based diet and um, plant-based lifestyle, as well as with the powers of cannabis, you can you can pretty much cure a lot of a lot of different things that these pharmaceuticals are keeping us sick from. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always been in, in love with that store, Lush, mm-hmm. with like their ropes and their ropes and their everything. Um, and I, <laughs> I, I used to work for them when I lived in New York. So I just, just kind of, me and her were talking one day. We were trying to come up with new product development ideas and something that would set us apart from other companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and something that could actually, you know, help us reach a broad reach a broad range of people, but they actually used it and cared about it. Yeah. And that's kind of where the idea for the bath bombs came in. Yeah. That's awesome. Sorry about the dogs. The neighbor's dogs are like, Oh, it's okay. Um,
0: in, in your opinion, how are women and femmes changing the cannabis industry?
2: Women are, <laughs> we're pretty much taken over. This is the one, uh, industry I've actually was just reading an article where it said that, um, in the cannabis industry, we are, the, I think we make up 56% of CEOs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think that's absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, I think That minority, p- minorities, period, we were affected the most by the war on drugs. And it was actually when recreational marijuana dispensaries are concerned in the U.S., less than 3% are actually owned by black people. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes it even more of a fight for me to, you know, find my place in this industry because it is a white male dominated industry, um, just like a lot of other things. But yeah women, we're powerful. We bring a different touch. We bring a different feel. We bring a different vibe, smell, aura that to have that balance of everyone because everyone needs something different. You know? So, What is your favorite aspect of creating with cannabis? Um, I think I like the fact that cannabis is such a magical plant. It allows you to appreciate it in its multiple forms. Mm-hmm. Um, food art, obviously, that's kind of like my passion. That's what I dream about. But from the very beginning, when you're holding the seeds to your hand, there's like this level of uncertainty. You know what I mean? And and from, from beginning to the the complete, uh, you know, the end end process that it's magical. It's, you know, it's, it's not much different than growing carrots or cabbage. It's just that there's so many different healing properties in this one plant. And to know that you're constantly, constantly learning and evolving, you know, to, I, I'm pregnant now and I just for the first time and you know I was reading different things about cannabis and pregnancy and Mm -hmm. it's it's really crazy some of the information that people have out there so that's why it's you know it's even more of a fight because we have to fight every day for some type of clarity understanding you know what actually does Mm -hmm. and um, I found out that there were natural cannabinoids in our breast milk naturally Mm-hmm. So if I were to never consume cannabis a day in my life, I'd still be passing my cannabinoids onto my baby. And I thought that was just magical. It is, <laughs> so that I love is. the idea that, yeah, there's just so much more, man. There's yeah. always more to learn about it. And there's so much to do with it. I mean, mm-hmm. you could you smoke it, you can create art with it in so many different forms, edible art and non-edible yeah. art. I mean, you do, it's, you, it's, you it's, do all of
0: that, right? Like you have the non-edible and the edible art available. That's really awesome. Yeah, I love it. I mean, it.
2: and we think that that's why I, I like to point out Lush. Shout out to Lush. I think they're yeah. amazing, beautiful organization. Um, and I wanted to bring a product that was completely cruelty free and organic that. and GMO free to everyone. Um, and yeah, man, I'm just being able to try different things. You know what I mean? We're uh-huh. and then we're girl. You no, know, I'm a girl. I like to be girly. I like bath bombs. It's figuring out ways to do that and to make people happy with their everyday things so that they don't feel like they're you know stuck in one category doing exactly or doing a whole lot to try to each other's lifestyle
0: yeah so that leads me to the next question which basically um is which misconception about cannabis frustrates you the most misconception that's out there
2: (laughs) there's a lot of them i think the main one for me um as a person that works in cannabis and i've dealt with this from family members to you know people that you know you could never imagine would say you know, say the things that they say or feel the way that they feel. And in the end you really don't give a shit. But um this misconception that when you work with cannabis, I remember having a conversation with my cousin on the phone mm-hmm. and this was, you know, early when Stoner Girl first started mm-hmm. and I asked her um I told her I was coming to visit her and I was meeting up with some friends from Chicago who I went to college with and, you know, they had their baby and we were all gonna drive down and do like a family thing. And um she, she responded and told me in a very, very rude way that she didn't want me around my nephew, who I hadn't met yet, oh, uh, my little cousin. She didn't want me around him because I work in cannabis. Mind you, my cousin used to smoke cannabis. Wow. And I never consumed. She's older than me, so I never smoked. She used to smoke. But then, you know, you go in different paths in life, yeah. you know, uh, and no judgment wanted to come and visit her and be a part of her life as an adult, Right. Um, she did not agree with the lifestyle. That, because you look at these situations and you're like, wow, okay. Um, that I'm doing, if anything, I'm helping people every day. I'm yeah. not, it, it's really interesting. Yeah. I don't like the misconception of being cannabis being so schedule Drug that's in this category of heroin and crack cocaine, because I personally have seen the effects of what these two drugs actually can do. Right. And to know, you know, to know that I've seen the healing powers of cannabis in children and right. in adults, it it really is a so offensive. It it hurts deep in your core when someone categorizes cannabis as the you know the same thing as as heroin or opioids that are killing the people every day so yeah
0: especially when you're you're so actively trying to heal people on every different level and i love it do you have anything specific you would like to promote
2: I coming up um um, so it's going to be um we'll be doing the emerald cup Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to be in California in Santa Rosa, um, on December 9th and December 10th. Awesome. Um, so if you guys are in the California area, that's awesome. Would love to see you guys. Mm-hmm. I want to say hi to all my vegan babies and all my <laughs> stoner babes out there and also remind everybody that, a uh, simpler, simpler lifestyle doesn't take a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of money. Mm-hmm. um and sometimes in the time to inquire and search about the simplest way of doing something is actually the easiest way of doing something yeah and a plant-based diet we can definitely like take back our lives mm-hmm. that's oh, awesome and i do have um so it's Highness in all caps for 10% off your next online purchase at uh www.stonergirltreatsandeats.com you said the tiniest with a capital h Yep, Highness, all caps, all caps. Oh, A-5 all caps.
0: yes. yep. Oh, awesome. Definitely take advantage of that. You have some amazing products on your website. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Your Highness Podcast, brought to you by Cannabis Women's Alliance and Good Vibes Marketing Agency. The Cannabis Women's Alliance was founded to bring community, guidance, and inspiration to women working in the cannabis industry. Good Vibes Marketing Agency is a digital marketing agency that creates organic content for organic solutions. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes, email us at your Podcast at gmail.com. Also, if you'd like to inquire about sponsorship opportunities, you can email us at your Podcast at gmail.com.